It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Locks Class. It's Jake Elliott, Brett Schoener with you. Lacrosse Classified 107 about to come your way right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Uh, it's American Thanksgiving week. Uh, look forward to some football coming up on Thursday, but lots of lacrosse talk coming at you here on a Tuesday. As uh, Bradley, welcome back to the podcast. Great show lined up as we continue our calls to the hall, and we'll talk to 2016 inductee, one Josh Shooter Sanderson. I know he's one of your favorite players of all time. We'll have something else, Quick Sticks, in our Stallion of the Week coming up as well. But uh, looking forward to a good convo with Shooter and a little chat with you for the next hour or so here on Lax Class. How's it going? At five foot eight, I always cheer for the for the small guys. Five foot eight myself on a good day. Mm. Shoot, he's around five seven, five eight two. Josh Anderson, Sean Evans, Dane Doby. You know, I like my uh, my tiny guys because it, it makes me it makes me think of what could have been for myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's those are the guys that obviously I didn't have the skill set that those dudes have or the dedication um, in my playing days. But I like to picture myself if I was in the league now or had been in my prime. I picture myself as one of those little dudes uh, running around there, slippery and getting inside and and taking an ass kicking and never complaining about it. Like that's what you know about Dobes and and Shooter and Sean Evans. Like those guys have taken more cross checks, more high sticks, more body checks than anybody to to play the physical game that they do at the size that they do. And you have to respect that. Those guys are absolute ultimate warriors and they've been they're fun to watch when they're shifty and slipping it's not not better than being five foot eight and slipping underneath a six foot four defender spinning on the way to the net and then burying on the doorstep like that is just that's glory man and that's that's one of the most fun things i love to watch about this game yeah throw rusty krueger into that uh mix as well good friends with josh sanderson and and your tinies yeah uh and it's and it's crazy because the guy's nickname is shooter but really one of the most prolific passers the game has ever seen. Pretty good shooter as well. But I will say, you know, they did get the crap kicked out of them for their entire career. And a couple of those guys, Evans and, and Doby, still playing. But uh, I have seen them do some some complaining to the to the officials over the years as well. Uh, but that's because... <laughs> what I like about their game too yeah, is that's... that, you know, Doby's, Doby has really quieted down. He has. I'll give him that. No more flopping years, like, and I flipping remember, around and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Doby, Doby out of junior and in his first couple of years in the league, you know, he didn't fight, but he had the, the mouth and the swag oh. that I think a Sean Evans did. And I don't know if it was Kurt Malowski. We should have Dobes on the podcast and ask him that one day, but that really kind of got coached out of him as he matured over the years, but he was a cocky mouthpiece when he, when he started out. But when you play with Josh Anderson as a rookie and Mouse and those guys that he was surrounded with, TK, um, probably changed him. Yeah, and I, and I and I think you know, I think Mouse probably had a big impact on that. But I I think the other thing that really kind of toned him down a bit was coming to dad. I think once he had his girl, I think like things changed for Dane a lot. And but I, I think going into fatherhood 
really, really changed, Dane, and, and, and for the better, uh, obviously, uh, coming off an MVP season and a championship and all the rest of it. So looking forward to a great conversation coming up with one Joshua Sanderson. I don't think anyone ever calls him Joshua. I've never have either, but maybe we'll just see how that goes over if, if we introduce <laughs> You, you can call him that. I'll leave, I'll leave that to you. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. And, and quick sticks, something else. Jimmer sounding better than ever coming up in quarter four as well. As uh, I look out my window here, Brad, I don't know what it's been, but like 10 days, 11 days straight of downpour here in British Columbia. And for, for a couple of natives here from, from BC, like I don't think the weather gets to me quite like it does to some other people. But when you add in... The corona and the COVID restrictions, along with this dismal, downtrodden weather, I know some people have been struggling with with a lot of things in life right now, and, and I didn't really plan to talk about this off the top, but maybe we should just do it right now. Um, I know, and I like, put myself in this, this category as well, like mental health right now is, is a real struggle for a lot of people. Going through some really tough times, whether it be at their job or not having a job or not being able to see friends or see their parents or whatever the case may be. So I I guess my message right now is make sure that you're you're taking care of yourself, number one, whether that be just taking some time for yourself and, and getting your mind right, being active, staying physical. That I've really found that that has helped my mental side is is the physical side exercising it's crazy people talk about oh you, you exercise you're gonna have more energy you're gonna feel i never really believed that until i really started making it part of my routine and now i can tell when i don't it has the opposite effect so take some time for your for yourself and and make sure that that you're doing all the right things to take care of yourself and then maybe check in on on a friend or two or a family member that you haven't talked to in a while that may be going through some stuff that uh, they need to get off their chest. And I guess the the final message I want to send here before we get into the program is just open your mouth, talk to somebody, reach out and and make a call, pick up the phone, FaceTime, whatever it is. Uh, There's numbers out there. If if you don't have somebody that you feel like you can talk to, there's people, there's professionals out there that are willing and, and ready to listen as well. So, um, that's that's kind of the message here to start 107 is just make sure you're not letting all this stuff wear you down by yourself. There's people out there to help you, and you got to go seek that help, and, and you got to talk about these things. Well said. Well said, brother. The only thing I'll add is, yeah, like reach out, talk to people. There's no there's no weakness anymore. This is not a weakness to be feeling down or blue or depressed. It's just it's part of life. We, we, we go through ups and downs, so reach out to people and find shit that you like to do and do that grab your stick go to the box for me i've been playing a little bit of guitar here in covid Mm. picked it up back in like april and like that now i'm playing like an hour a day just to just to shut the mind down and and find something that you love to do it could be going for a walk it could be i don't know you can't go for a swim but you know there's there's, there's, but it'd be pretty cool some places do i know you can buy like in (laughs) And Ladner, you can rent uh, one lane and you get like a 45 minute time slot. Wow. You can go to the pool and, and do some laps, but find shit that makes you happy. Write a list. Like I read a book years ago that said, write a list of like your 10 favorite things to do. And, you know, for me, it was like camping, boating, lacrosse, uh, you know, yoga, certain things. Right. And then you write down how long it's been since you did those activities. Mm. And sometimes it can be super eye opening where you go, Oh my God, I love to fish, but I haven't fished in three years. Well, go fishing, 
you can go fishing anywhere in the Lord, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Yeah. It's pretty easy listen to, to the podcast while you fish. And go, listen while you fishing. Fish. But yeah. it's amazing to look at a list and go, oh my God, these are the things I claim I love to do, but I never do them. But that list looks so much better if you actually go and start doing some of those things and then crossing them off your, your favorite thing to do list. You're going to feel a lot better uh, about yourself and about your situation, about your, your outlook on life. Well, I think uh, I think I might do that once we're we're done recording here, Brad. I'm having a little case of the Mondays, not gonna lie to you. So I think that might be a good exercise for yours truly to perform once we are done recording. And and one of the things that I love to do is is talk lacrosse and and talk lacrosse with you um, specifically. So this is uh, pretty cathartic for me as well. So with all that being said, Brad, we'll look forward to Josh Sanderson here coming up in about 10 minutes from now. But uh, as you know, in quarter one, what we've been doing as of late is uh, throwing a little spotlight on a player that may not get the recognition that they so deserve. Uh, whether they be recently retired, long retired, or maybe still active later in their career, and just uh, shine a little love on, on some of the unsung heroes of the National Lacrosse League. And uh, it was my pick this week. I actually made a late switch uh, before I selected this man. But this man is uh, going to be our Stampede Stallion of the Week, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And they got a message here. With the way the 2020 has gone, it's hard to believe we're talking about Christmas. Man. It's, uh, I don't know how many shopping days are left, Brad. I don't want you to do the math, but not many. Uh, we're like talking 30 here, if that. Let's be honest here, people. It'll be sure nice to bring back some normalcy in our lives. I'm hoping Christmas will do that for, for many of you, uh, whether it be a small, small family gathering or whether you got to do it virtually, whatever the case is. A little Christmas time will do uh, the heart and soul some good. So Stampede Tack and Western Wear, a great place to start looking for those things on Santa's list. Large selection of Blundstone boots, of course. The Australian Redback boot there as well. Canadian Cowboy boots, they have those too. And then don't forget about the clothing. Wrangler, Cohart, uh, all the top brands. Be sure to shop early. Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there at the corner of Highway number 10 and 180th. In Cloverdale since 1966 and online at stampede.ca, where you know shopping online is still shopping local. So as I said, my selection this week, I made a late switch, and I'm going with 39-year-old, 6-foot, 220, shoots left out of Markham, Ontario, in one Scott soupy Campbell of the Halifax Thunderbirds in a career bread that started back in 2005 with the Minnesota Swarm carrying to this present day 2020 with the Halifax Thunderbirds and and still uh, under contract for another season we'll see as the 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 calendar will roll over on soupy by the time we get going again here but you look at the career of soupy Campbell and it's an impressive one well, a member of essentially two different dynasties, like the late 2000s Toronto Rock dynasty, and then goes to Rochester and a big part of three championships there, they're, they're three-peat, um, and, and still going strong. 231 games played. There's only a handful of guys in history that have played more than that, Jumbo, and, and still has the legs to keep going. He'll fight 
but he'll still play a clean lacrosse game. He'll chip in a couple goals. He'll dig out some loose balls. Like he's a defender that does kind of show up on the stat sheet. We talked about OD last week as a D guy who plays a solid game, but he's not going to get loose balls or cause a lot of turnovers. Well, Soupy does all of that. And, and just a big team guy. It was a great addition to, to Halifax or sort of Saskatchewan two years ago. And when, when he helped bolster that back end late in the season, and now a big part of what Halifax was starting to big. And I think that they hope that he's still around to sort of groom the young guys that are coming into that lineup uh, for the future. Yeah. And, and, and the perfect guy for that scenario to help kind of bridge the gap for the youngsters coming in to learn from a guy like Soupy Campbell. And you're right. Uh, had a chance to kind of get to know Scott a little bit when he was in Saskatchewan and just uh, a great guy. And he's going to have a long career in the game after his playing days are done, but you look at 140 points, uh, almost, or yeah, 140 points. You look at the penalty man's pretty clean player over a, a 15 year career as well. Under 300 pims, over a thousand loose balls, turnovers and cause turnovers, both under the, over the century mark there as well. So real productive and just a heck of a team guy as well. So I I was just kind of scrolling through the database of players and I got to see, and there was Scott Campbell staring at me and I thought, man, this guy deserves some recognition. So Scott, Soupy Campbell, welcome to the stable, brother. You are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Got anything to add here in quarter one before we get to break and Josh Sanderson, Brad Challoner? A little bit, little bit more about Soupy. He mm. got the nod to play for Team Canada at the Heritage Cup a couple of years ago, yes. late stages in his career. And I remember a lot of people, um, you know, probably myself included, sat back and, and kind of thought, you know, there's so many young guys that I remember that last Heritage Cup roster. There's a lot of uproar about well, it's just the same roster that I think played the previous world championship they yeah didn't yeah really bring in there was no ben mcintosh there was no robert church even though those guys were but i'll tell you deserving by that I'll t- let me tell you though brad but the, the whole point was to give that group yeah okay another kick of the can. and campbell was one of those guys on that team because he was late stages in his career it was almost like you know what you've done so much for the game and in the league let's let you put on that maple leaf jersey and and represent canada yeah i, I can't remember quite the the circumstance surrounding all that but ed camo Brad, Ed Camo, uh, let us kind of know that like he felt like he owed it to those guys to give him another run uh, at a Heritage Cup, which is essentially their their world championship team. So I can't remember why that was. I think maybe something got canceled or they missed one. It was it was almost uh, – I think I talked to, to John Meridian about this, and he said it was almost like promised to them at the previous world championship, I think, my memory serves mm. – um, basically saying like, you know what, we're going to select this team and this is going to be a two year group. You guys are going to play at the world indoor championships and then you're going to play at the heritage cup. We're going to keep this sort of group together before we move on to the team Canada that we know now with, you know, Challen Rogers. And like I talked about Ben McIntosh and Robert church and, and the young, the young guys like courier and withers and the like. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of Johnny Meridian, Gypsy, another NLL Hall of Famer, we're going to have to run down Gypsy at some point because that is a conversation. You want to talk about a guy that's got some stories in his lifetime surrounding the National Lacrosse League uh, and a guy that's not really involved in the league right now. So maybe the reins have come off a little bit. Uh, Gypsy, I think, would be a heck of an interview. So we got we to gotta run down Johnny Meridian at some point. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we're going through the list, so he's uh, 
We're ticking them off. There. Yeah, we're ticking them off, and we'll tick another one off. But and that, that I mean that in a good way. We're not going to piss Josh Anderson off. We're just going to tick him off the list, if you know what I'm saying. Just we're going to poke him. Yeah, we're going to with a just get him with a Woody across the wrist a couple times on him. Wouldn't be the first time. We're going to talk to the man they call Shooter. Josh Sanderson joins us next year. Calls to the Hall coming up. 107 Lax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Dan Stroop. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source of all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class 107. Into the second quarter we go, and you just heard from our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. VancouverWarriors.com. Nothing's offside. At NLL Warriors on the Twitter and the Instagram and uh, I don't know if they're they're going to run this thing in December or January, Brad. I, I mentioned to Dan just a couple of days ago, we were texting back and forth. I said, this would be like the best Christmas present a kid could get as far as being a lacrosse player. Getting out there to the Vancouver Warriors Academy and learning some lacrosse skills from the Warriors. I, th- this is like the gift of all gifts right here, is it not? No, and it's doing super well for the Warriors and, and young lacrosse players in the Lower Mainland right now. It was just an eight-week camp when they launched uh, a few weeks ago. So the people that signed up, they got they got eight weeks worth. Uh, there's a few more weeks left, and it's going so well though. Like, why not fire it up again in in January, February before training camps start? Whether they happen for for junior lacrosse players or national lacrosse league players, but you know, let's uh, let's get let's get sticks in hands and, and keep it going. And to and to work with Matt Beers and, and Mitch Jones and true pros is uh, is experience you you can't really buy, but you can buy it through Warriors.com. So uh, check them out. Yeah, uh, speaking of Matt Beers, uh, just celebrated a birthday along with Eric Penny as well. So happy birthday to those guys. I don't know when this guy's birthday is, but he's on the podcast. Back on the podcast, it's Josh Shooter Sanderson with us once again as we continue our calls to the hall segment here uh shoot how's it going buddy welcome back to the podcast how are things things are good jake thanks for having me on my pleasure our pleasure i'm just uh i i i totally butchered uh a question for Steve Dietrich last week talking about uh, a couple of championships that he didn't win that I thought he did. But I'm, I'm looking at your Wikipedia here, so correct me if I'm wrong because that can tend to happen. But uh, starting your career back with the Rochester Nighthawks and after t- – is this right? Two seasons at, with the Nighthawks, you were left unprotected in the expansion draft. Who did that? Uh, that was that was a deal uh, for Junior with my, my dad made – where he got, uh, they left me unprotected. Okay, so it was of, by choice like, there. Garris and okay. Troy and yeah. Fennell. Yeah, we got a lot of guys uh, for junior there, so that's kind of how that deal went down. Okay, I was thinking to myself, like, if somebody just left you unprotected, they, they should not be involved in, in lacrosse anymore. Uh, <laughs> you were picked up by the Albany attack and went on to be the leading scorer for the attack for four years, setting an NL record in assists 
with 68. That record got blown out of the water after that. But uh, bring me back to your first time playing for Terry uh, in Albany. That that market didn't last very long, but some good teams back there for the attack. Yeah, we uh, I loved our Albany days. Uh, you know, we were solid. Obviously, we losing to the Toronto was, um, you know, you want to win with that group, you know, a lot of young guys, a lot of veterans right off the bat. And uh, we didn't get in the playoffs that first year. I think Philly beat us out. But then uh, we got better each year and um, unfortunately lost to Toronto. But it experience in, in Albany. We didn't obviously have the crowds in that. But, uh, yeah, we had a solid team and loved playing for my dad. Still a lot of great friends from those team, that team. So, um, yeah, I look back on the Albany years really fondly. Let's let's scroll back even further than that then, Josh. Your first two years, as Jumbo mentioned, drafted by Rochester, but four games in year one, five years in year two, and then you become a full timer the first year in Albany. Like did it was it I know those Rochester teams were super stacked and there was good playoff runs there. Um, you know, what were those first two years in Rochester like? Were you kind of getting your feet wet as a young guy? It didn't come super fast for you? Yeah, definitely. Um you know, the game didn't slow down for me right away, for sure. Uh, definitely had lots of chances. I was playing with a good friend of mine. I played with Junior uh, Rusty Kruger. So just found myself getting a lot of snake bitten, really, those first bit. And you're fighting for a spot against, you know, we were pretty stacked. I was fighting against Rusty for a spot and, and Randy Mearns. And, and, you know, we were just really solid there. So you look back, you realize, you, uh, you know, I realize I learned a lot. But, um Game hadn't slowed down for me yet. And then when I got to Albany, I, you know, I had a good game right away and got my confidence and then uh, things started to slow down. And obviously uh, real thankful, uh, you know, my dad brought me over and, and showed that confidence in me, but um, yeah, the first two years, good learning experience, but uh, just, yeah, I just didn't have my hands yet. Well, I mean, that would kind of be a path that, that you and Terry would, would follow a couple of times as, as the attack end up moving to San Jose, become the stealth, and we kind of know where the stealth ended up after that. But your dad acquired you back once again in a, in a six-player blockbuster deal that brought, back you, brought you back to your hometown in Toronto where they go on to win their fifth NLL championship. But then a couple of years later after that, uh, Terry's in Calgary and – uh, Lewis Radcliffe involved in this deal as you're traded to the Roughnecks in, in another championship season in 09. Uh, tell me about this, Josh, because I know you've had different coaches over the years, but your dad was your coach for a lot of them. But I think that your dad was probably harder on you, th- and he was a hard man to play for at times, but he was probably harder on you than anybody else. But with all that being said, you kind of thrived off of that him doing that and being like that with you that kind of pushed you to be better did it not yeah yeah for sure um definitely I thought a lot harder through junior um in the pros that you know I didn't think it was anything you know too hard to be honest with you but you know I knew I was expected and um you know the deal that brought me to Toronto I was really nervous that was I I didn't see that one coming I, I knew the second one uh, to Calgary, Troy and T were, were trying to get me out there. But the first one I didn't see coming and uh, real nervous. And uh, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. But, um, yeah, he, he, I just, you know, you got to be ready to play and do your job. So I, I knew what to expect, and I did thrive And I think uh, playing for my dad and Troy. Yeah, and I think both those guys, like if you give 
an honest effort. Like there's no gray area with, with, with either of them. Like, you know, where you stood, you know, what was expected. And if you do those sorts of things, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That. And, uh, you know, I coaching in San Diego now, we, you know, the last few years have been lucky that, uh, our, you know, just the, the guys that I've got to coach so far, just the buy-in that we've had. And, you know, if you're fair, you know, and, and you know, all you're asking for is an honest effort. So be prepared, be ready to work. And, and you can handle what comes next. Talking with Josh Sanderson, 2016 National Lacrosse League Hall of Famers. We're kind of trying to talk to as many Hall of Famers as we can, Shooter. And your dad goes in a year before you do. Um, you know, and, and now you're behind the bench in the National Lacrosse League. And he kind of just answered this. But what other sort of Terry-isms are, are in your coaching style in San Diego? Uh, just obviously looking for the, you know, the right people. And, uh, you know, the guys that love lacrosse and that are going to think about it during the week and not, not just leave it at the rink, uh, you know, prepare all week long and, and be ready for that game. So uh, I'd say we're a little bit different coaching styles, but I do have, uh, you know, quite a few of the old school habits for sure that, I, that I've learned from him. But, um, you know, I think the relationships are so important uh, with today's players. So, you, you know, I think uh, you have a real good relationship and be able to talk to the players and, um, yeah, just uh, try to get the most out of them. Yeah, and like X's and O's and, and being technically sound and the video and all the rest of it. But I, I would think, Josh, like when you get to the pro level, you know you're pretty good at lacrosse. And, and yeah, you can still learn some things. But like you mentioned, it's really become more of managing personalities than it is kind of the X's and O's stuff. 100%, uh, especially with how smart some of the players, you know, you get to coach, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Gersey and Bobby and Westberg, these guys are so smart. So you just want to try to put them in good positions and try to help them when they need help. But you want to let them, you know, use their talent. And, and like I said, I've been lucky to have full buy-in and, you know, with Patty and Billy on the bench. So uh, it's just a lot of man. And, and uh, like you said, it's, it's a little bit X's and O's off timeouts and six on fives and that type of stuff. But um, the rest is a little bit systems, but more just prepping for games and let them do their thing. Do you, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned being gravitated to sort of those full-timers and the guys that are thinking lacrosse during the week, Josh, you know, and, and Commissioner Nick Sikiewicz has been talking about it for years now that he wants this league to be full-time players at some point. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, in the near future, what do you think the game will look like and how will it change if guys are full-time national lacrosse league players well i obviously think it would get better uh you know you get, give uh, coaches and players a chance to practice a few times uh through the week and, and you know more systems and uh you know faster uh, you know with guys getting their sticks in their hands so I, I just expect a better product and we already have a great product but obviously you know if guys were doing it full time um you just you just see the talent level raise and, and the level raise so do you got aspirations to be a head coach in this league, Josh? Uh, maybe at some point. Um, for me, it's it's always going to be about fit. So whether you're GM or head coach or assistant coach or assistant GM, obviously you want to have a voice and uh, be a part of it. And, you know, I, I feel I have a voice in San Diego. So I just love everything, uh, you know, about my position right now. So if the right thing came along, yes, but it'd have to be fit. So. Really love San Diego, uh, the way I've been treated, and 
the players, the staff, everybody. So right now, fifth's the most important, especially if you're doing all the travel. Not a bad city to be traveling in uh, every couple of weeks when, when the season is, uh, is in effect, Josh, you know, what, what, uh, how, how is San Diego attracting themselves to the, to the seals? What's the atmosphere like down there? Our last game, our last home game before the shutdown was really encouraged. Uh, next time we're there, you know, hopefully we're allowed as many fans as possible. I, I think it's, it's going to be growing. Uh, you know, we had a big win against Rochester, I believe, and um, crowd was bigger than expected. I do think things are growing. They do a ton of stuff in the market at grassroots to build it. So I do think it's heading in the right direction. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see our, our home opener whenever that may be. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope we can get back out on the runway there at, at Miramar. And uh, that was yeah, that was supposed to be one of the last games too. Is the freaking rumble on the runway, and then that ended up being one of the places where uh, the first batch of of quarantine sufferers were being quarantined in Southern California. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it seems like forever ago. Yeah, right? I like, know, right? It, the game would have been awesome. Uh, they, you know, I know they put a lot of work into it, and. Uh, I remember reading the article about uh, and it was at the uh, at Miramar. So that was my first uh, heads up on, you know, we might be in trouble on some games getting canceled. And then obviously it was canceled not long after. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff to think back to, to all that. As we speak with Josh Sanderson here on lacrosse classified, let's take a bit of a right turn shooter and talk about the Brampton Excelsiors here for a second. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the news kind of cross through your eyes and, and the storied Brampton Excelsiors uh, potentially on the move here to Owen sound uh, purchased by an American owner and who's got some invested interest in a, in a juice company and uh, has just, uprooted 150 years of history and, and moving them uh, across the, the province here. What, I mean, being a former Excelsior, what do you, what are you making of, of all this uh, with, with Brampton on the move to Owen Sound? Well, I, de- I definitely didn't see it coming. I think like a lot of people, um, you know, especially with the young core they have and, and yeah, I just didn't see it coming and hopefully, you know, this isn't official. I, I did, you know, I think Brampton majors are, you know, building something uh, pretty good there right now. And I know you need fans and all that. I just thought before it got moved, there'd be a chance for the alumni or somebody in Brampton to, you know, hopefully keep it there. And then um, uh, Mr. Norton can start a major team up in Owen Sound through expansion, but uh, just surprised. I didn't see it coming and uh, it's too bad. Uh, I had, you know, I love my decade in, in Brampton. When the other big topic this uh, this oh, I was gonna say summer we're well out of summer now but this this <laughs> off season Josh is that you know uh, Ontario Junior Lacrosse motioning to to move to U twenty two you know we've talked a lot about a lot on that show but you know where would you fall as far as you know where would you like to see junior players playing you know you want to see them playing U twenty two or are you fine with with U twenty one we weren't against the U twenty two it just you know, we, you needed the timelines to match up and it just, they just don't. Um, so we definitely weren't against it. And, and, you know, if the CLA comes back with their study saying, you know, that's what's best for lacrosse and, and that group, then we'll, we'll support it. But um, yeah, that to, to, to us and, and with our junior A team, uh, the timelines just didn't match up and our guys want to play for the Minto cup and, and the guys, you know, our minor kids growing up want to play for the Minto cup. So it's pretty sensitive 
you know, when you start hearing that you're not be able to play for, uh, you know, for the Minto Cup. So there's there's a lot of question marks with what's going on. So we're eager to find out, uh, you know, what the CLA finds out. Yeah, I think that's the key. Wait, wait for the study, then make a decision. I, I changing. I don't even want to get into it. Changing without playing for a Minto Cup is just insane. Uh, last one here for you, shoot. Uh, I know during during this. Uh, pandemic small businesses have really struggled and, and some have failed to stay afloat i'm sure that's not the case for good old sanderson sports there in orangeville ontario but uh i want to give a quick plug out to the to the sporting goods company there in the ville and and how are you guys making out and what's happening around the store i i i'm, I'm assuming you get more customers in there when looney's not working but uh what what can the what can the people find out at sanderson sports these days no, we're just getting ready uh, for Christmas. Yeah, it's quiet, obviously quiet for a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, kids are still skating a little bit, obviously. I don't know what it's it's like at West, but, uh, you know, more inter-squad games and they don't have the travel and they're on less. Uh, yeah, same sort you know, of deal less, there. Less through the week. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, just uh, putting one foot ahead of the other like everybody else and hopefully the numbers start spiking down and uh, – you know, it is what it is. It's a grind, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it sure is, man. It sure is. Uh, well, it's good to hear from you, and, and glad to hear things are going well. We'll look forward to, to seeing you back on the SEALs bench and and hopefully uh, doing some more work with the the old senior adnex here uh, in the summertime as well. I know that really never kind of got off the ground, but uh, I was kind of looking forward to, to that happening as well. Yeah, me too. I thought um... – you know, with the draft and, and definitely you got that purple, you got like that purple this. and gold on and you thought, Hey, this like, this looks pretty good on me. I'm, I'm, I might need to, to, to get some more. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was, uh, uh, looking forward to it for sure. Um, but yeah, who knows what's going on this summer even. So yeah, obviously different, uh, different times, but, um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking good, uh, Jake. Your work ethic, getting your weight down, yeah, impressive. Uh, hey, I appreciate that, man. It's uh, the, the slimbo they call him. Now. Yeah, slimbo. yeah. The corona has not helped. Uh, <laughs> That's handle Brad. No, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> slimbo. <good to> <laughs> All right, Shooter, I appreciate uh, your time. All the best to the family as well. And uh, congrats on being an NLL Hall of Famer, man. Uh, what a what a career you had as a player. And I know uh, you got a long one ahead of you as a coach as well. Appreciate your time and uh, best of luck in the future, my friend. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Stay safe. You too. That Take was care. Thank you. Josh Shooter Sanderson, one of the best passers the game has ever seen, Brad, 900. Let me just repeat that God one more broke, time. He broke his own assist record. Like, like every year. Times. 972 yeah. assists to go along with 482 goals for 1,454 points. Uh, you can add 1,300 loose balls into there as well. Just for a guy at that size to win and play – like. Uh, I, it still um, boggles our, my mind the production that he had in the frame that he played in. Well, and he mentioned this This stood out when talking about getting his feet wet in Rochester and then going over to Albany was the game slowing down. And that's kind of the key. Like, you see, he put up 83 assists. He set a league record for assists the year before he retired. It's since been broken. <laughs> yeah. But in 2015, he put up 83 assists and then played 11 more games and, and called it a career. But, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. Again, 
this sport is unique because some of the older dogs like Josh Anderson, Dan Dawson, Colin Doyle, the game slows down for them yeah. and they, some of their most productive years are deep into their thirties. And it's uh it's pretty, it's like a quarterback. The game just slows down and that's exactly what he was out on the floor. He can anticipate plays. He knew where guys across the floor were going to be. And, you know, he, he had guys who could bury for him, like, like Garrett Billings and, and Rob Hellier and, and the such in Toronto. So Colin Doyle. Yeah. Yeah, Colin Doyle. So, you know, things things worked out, but the game slows down for, for the older dogs and for the guys that think it so well. And and that's, uh, that's one of the things that made him so special. Another 100 points in the playoffs. And you're right, like he, you know, he bounced around, like Calgary, Boston, Rochester, Albany, Toronto. Uh, productive wherever he went, and that's just an attest that he could play with anybody. And one of those guys, again, that just made everybody around him better, maybe the best at – passing to a spot like where a guy not where he was or is but where he was gonna be yeah the little lob the short the, oh. I, I don't think a long pass with him i just think a short passes to cutters coming through the middle and he would just hit him on magic. the stride and absolute it. magic five points per game he averaged throughout his what was it brad like 18 year career <laughs> like yeah, 18 just years. crazy Absolutely crazy. One of my favorite guys to talk to for sure, and a uh, heck of a guy off the floor as well. That was Josh Sanderson. He was our stand, or uh, no, he's not our stallion. He could be our stallion a week, but our calls to the hall brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Of course, they're Canada's largest dealer of Wrangler jeans for men, ladies, kids, you name it. Classic cut, cowboy, premium, denim, stretch fit, retro fit. They got it all. Christmas is right around the corner. Check them out online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or out there at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th in Cloverdale since 1966. We appreciate Stampede Tax. Continued support here at the podcast. Make sure you're supporting them. That's how you support this show, and that's how we keep it rolling here on Lax Class. Speaking of keeping it rolling, let's take a quick break so we can keep it rolling and let's get into quarter three, where we're bringing you some quick sticks in the world of lacrosse. Get you up to date on all things box lacrosse next here, episode 107, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hi, Merrill from the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back, quarter three, Lax Class, Jay Kelly, Brad Challoner, episode 107 into the third quarter we go. And Bradley, in quarter number three, it's Quick Sticks. Time for Quick Sticks, brought to you by Manscaped. And uh, just getting an email today from my man at Manscaped and Dominic. And uh, letting me know, ho, 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 tis the season. Holidays around the corner here, and they've updated the perfect package. Now to include... The uh, the nose hair trimmer the uh, what am I I'm, the lawnmower is what the, the weed, weed whacker the weed the whacker, weed whacker That's what is I mean. for the sh- the weed the, think about your backyard okay we've got the long 
bushy stuff everywhere. That's what you use the lawnmower for. And then you've got the little stuff that sticks out of the crevices. Yeah. And uh, that's what you use the weed whacker for. Uh, I, I live in a condo. So no backyard for me, but I used to have a monstrosity of a backyard uh, that, that you know I needed a, a ride mower for. So I don't know what, what that would be classified as, but uh, I'm scared to think of it in terms of manscaped. The manscaped, the manscaped John Deere 6.0. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Hey, did you know that 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff? I would think that percentage would be a little bit higher, but 79% is is quite alarming. So uh, if you got a little little trouble up the nostrils there, uh, Weed Whacker is your best friend. I I actually used this thing a few days ago. Now I'm kind of, you know, keeping on top of things. It becomes a much easier task if you just maintain instead of let things kind of get out of control and then and then get after it so uh listen people again women men young old does not matter everybody can use these products and if they're not using them and you want them to use it then this is the perfect opportunity cyber monday black friday are coming up just in a few days from now Use the promo code LAXCLASS20. I know you can hear promo code. Hear promo code. No, like promo code LAXCLASS20. Save yourself 20% off the existing deals that are going on right now. Free shipping is included with this. And any man on your Christmas list will be thrilled to get this. And it's probably like some guys are like, oh, I'm not going to go buy that. It's a little embarrassing. I don't need it. Get it for them, and they will thank you. Their balls will thank you. You'll thank their balls. Everybody's going to be happy with this product if you get this under the tree on Christmas morning. Get the ear hairs going. You've been failing to neglect the ear hairs. I don't know if it's just me that gets no, those. You, that, the no, the older you get, the more of a problem that becomes just for you youngsters out there. that You think, oh, I'm never going to. Yes, it will happen. One day you'll wake up and there'll be hairs coming out oh, of your ear. I never thought. And and now it's like it's a serious it's a serious thing. So, weed whacker, lawnmower, the perfect package. You get the the ball toner, the revitalizer, the the boxers, the lawnmower, the weed. Lax class twenty is your promo code. Twenty percent off, free shipping, and you're already getting great deals. Check out Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up as well, and stay tuned to the socials uh, at Lax Class at Lacrosse Classified. We'll be posting up deals on there as well so quick sticks brought to you by manscaped and we we talked to shooter just briefly about it brad but this i guess kind of the big news of the week hearing that the brampton excelsiors the storied brampton excelsiors moving out of brampton to owen sound i'm not sure this is a done deal quite yet i hearing a lot of different reports on this one being that i mean this brad this is like taking the bellies out of new west the shamrocks out of victoria the montreal canadians out of montreal this is this is crazy talk and from what i can understand uh i'm trying to think of the guy's name horton i believe applied for an expansion team in the msl to plant down in in owen sound and got turned down by the board of governors of the msl and said okay well i'm gonna find another route then and i i retweeted this when he bought the team one of the tweets was the excelsiors are never leaving brampton i'll be here forever don't worry and two years later up they go and so i don't know 
how they go about saving the Excelsiors and Brampton. I, you know, the fan support has got to come back for sure. But uh, this is not good news here for, for lacrosse fans in Ontario and just lacrosse fans in general to see a team with this kind of storied history and tradition to just be yanked out of their city. Well, is it just deja vu? Like, we're just talking about Six Nations on this show in length last week, and now we're talking about Brampton. Like, what is going on in major series lacrosse, and how much trouble are they in that that Brampton's talking about moving, Six Nations talking about folding? Like, it's it's a gong show over there right now. I don't think Brampton, just like Six Nations, though, I don't think Brampton's going anywhere. Um, I'm reading a letter from Mayor Patrick Brown. I thought Dan Teat was the mayor of Brampton, by the way, but <laughs> it's it's a guy named Patrick Brown, and he's penned a letter to the Ontario Lacrosse Association uh, president, Ms. Marion Latissour, saying basically that a they they think the sale of the Excelsiors for fifteen hundred dollars was, was bogus and didn't pass any board approvals, um, and so the city of Brampton is actually actively trying to save the Excelsiors now, even if it comes down to legal action against. Um, against Norton and the sale. So the city is fighting. You can't flush 150 years down uh, uh, history down the toilet. So I do think the community is going to do the right thing. Yeah, like you can say the same thing about almost every WLA or MSL really? arena that is not that is not Peterborough, Victoria, Queens Park. You know, like there's 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 a struggle to put butts in the seats and turn the lights on in a lot of big arenas, especially in leagues where the rich get richer and can pay their players to, to play big money to play in these markets. And some other towns can't, there's a, there's a fundamental struggle in both of these leagues right now. Um, but that said, I don't think the Excelsiors are on the move. I think there's too much uproar. There's too much shady gray area behind the scenes here. I think Brampton's going to step up, whether that means fans are going to show up in droves next summer. I doubt it. Um, but at least the city's going to do the right thing and keep that Jersey and keep that name and keep that history in Brampton where it belongs. Well, that's how it kind of started, right? Like when he bought the team, he just like ripped up the burgundy and gold and, and slapped bug juice all over the place. And people were kind of like, huh? All right, I guess if you're paying the bills, you know, what are we going to say? But now this comes about, and, like, for him, I get it. He wants to try and make some money and and do what's best for him and his bottom line, and and he's an American owner that has no affiliation or connection to the city of Brampton and the history and probably the sport of lacrosse, for all I know. He's looking to make some money and promote his bug juice company. But man, I don't oh think man. I don't think the floodgates of money are going to open when you put a major series no. lacrosse team in Owen Sound. They already got not, a senior B team. That's not the jackpot there, uh, Mister Norton. No, and they already got a senior B team there. So I like I I really don't understand the move and whether players are going to you know that roster is going to want to go there or not. And well, yeah, Owen Sound is is out there. Yeah, you know, a lot of the Brampton players live in that's it's close to, to Toronto, so it's close to a lot of centers where people live. Like Owen Sound is out there, so, so they probably just say, like, you know, on, what? you're gonna be drawn on different players, players are not going to want to go there. Yeah, but you know, this news this week, Six Nations last week, it's clear that that summer just needs a complete, uh, complete overhaul. Right yeah, now. and listen, man, like, I some of this falls on the MSL for not being open to expansion and, and allowing new teams to come into the league. If they think they have a viable market, I don't know the reasons for it and, and why they have turned him down for the last couple of years to, to get an expansion team. Maybe we'll, we'll find that out. And maybe I will find that out, Brad, because the next thing I got on my list here is something that I'm going to be doing this Sunday via Facebook live. 
And that is a Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame kind of hot stove roundtable discussion that I'll be hosting slash moderating. Uh, signed up for this a couple of months ago. It's finally come around. It's coming up this weekend, Sunday, 1 o'clock Pacific time. Check Facebook. I got to post it up on mine, but Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame Facebook page. And we're going to have a head coach of, of the Vancouver Warriors, Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame member, of course, as well in one Christopher the Thrill Gill. Chris Gill will join us. And then the two commissioners of the WLA and the MSL in one Paul Del Monte and one Doug Louie. So maybe, you know, the questions will be posed to, to Doug Louie about what's going on in Brampton and, and to him and to Paul about, what the landscape of summer lacrosse is going to look like, not only this year, but in years to come. And and we've been kind of kicking this around our chat group and stuff too, Brad, that like sooner or later, senior A lacrosse has to get back to its roots of amateur status, where there is no professional lacrosse players playing in these leagues. There's no massive payrolls being handed out by these community-based teams and we get back to a little tradition of of playing for the love of the game and and wanting to you know get your game in better. Your hometown, yeah, I, like, in your hometown, I think that that's important. That's why that's why a lot of senior B clubs have had really strong fan bases. You look at Nanaimo, though they have senior A there. You look at where I live here in Ladner, like big support for senior B because you're going out and you're seeing locals that rep their city and put their heart and soul on their sleeve and and uh and and wla and msl lacrosse have moved so far away from that well heck brad some of the senior b teams have bigger payrolls than some of the senior a teams back east as well not really the case out here in bc but it happens back east and and you know teams will load up for president's cups and and whatever and i just think man we're at the tipping point here where where it just cannot continue like and i don't want to you know, get on my high horse, like back in my day, but like, seriously, a pair of shoes. And if I got a new stick that year, I was pumped to run through a wall for my team. If I got that. So I, I get it again. I'm on the, I'm on the side of the players getting every dime that they can to play this game. But at what cost are we talking about here? And if we're talking about teams like six nations and Brampton, not being able to operate because uh, they can't afford their players, then like and we've got a problem. And we've got major problem. Ask them about the rule book. I'd love to know if they're thinking about ever mm. uh, even aligning their own rule books, let alone <laughs> yeah, opening up okay. the rule book to look at it's the national cross league. But it's yeah, on the that's, list. That's got to be on the list. That's that's a major that's a major concern. And yeah, salary capping and twenty two year olds. Uh, lots of things to talk about. Yeah, lots of things to talk about. Where can about. we find that? Facebook Live Facebook on Sunday Live, afternoon. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Myself, Paul Del Monte, Doug Louie, Chris Gill. These things will be happening once a month, and we'll be getting new Hall of Famers on each month to, to kind of chop it up, kick it around, and uh, see where the conversation takes us. But we're, we're open to questions and uh, all that sort of stuff as well. So I hope people tune in. For that, uh, NLL rolling out some pretty exciting news as far as uh, merch goes, Brad. NLLshop.com is now a thing as uh, the NLL teaming up with Fanatics and each team with uh, with their own little section there. And now you can go directly to shop for your favorite team's merchandise at NLLshop.com. Get yourself some slides. Mm. Uh, that was one thing that stood out to right me. Right in time for Christmas. Hoodies, but yep. get some slides and kick them around the kick them around the house. Wear them to the box and slip in your shoes in the summertime. Why not? 
Yeah. Uh, and I would expect more and more merch to, to get up on there in the coming weeks and months as well. Uh, a warm, big shout out to one Grandma Rush. I don't know if you saw this news or not, Brad, but uh, I saw Grandma Joyce uh, post on her Facebook. We're friends. And she fell, took a little spill, fractured a hip. But in true Grandma Rush fashion, she is determined to have the speediest of recoveries and get back to cheering on her boys in no time here. But I wanted to give some love and a big hug. I don't have a, a grandma that's alive anymore, Brad. So Grandma Rush is is technically now my, my only grandma. And oh, she's the grandma of all of all of even, Rush Nation. Yeah, even Biz Nasty uh, yeah, sending out that. some well wishes to yeah. uh, your, your old broadcast partner there, uh, Biz. Uh, sending out some love to Grandma Rush. So uh, check out the NLL social or the Rush social. And, and if you want to send a message to Grandma Rush, she's she's reading all those from her hospital room right now. And, man, if there's ever a, a lady that I know is going to bounce back from a fractured hip, it's, it's Grandma Rush. She's got to get up in the down those stairs at Sass Health Center. So that'll happen. Uh, speedy recovery to Grandma Rush. Uh, speaking of recoveries, a uh, nice little piece on global news uh, here in British Columbia on one – Niko Bilic, uh, the Serbian Eagle set to fly once again, Brad. Uh, Jay Janauer putting out a nice piece along with Dan Richardson and Nick uh, on his road to recovery on what was just a horrific, like, in, and this is one for, like, the, the textbooks here, the doctors are saying, on how bad this knee injury was. But leave it to a guy like Nick to, to be able to fight back and come back from an injury like this. He's looking good, man. And I think this late start into April is only going to help his cause to, to be ready to go for opening opening face-off. Well, you know, we were, we were on the air that game where where he collided with Tyler Burton and, and blew out his knee. Oh, and I, I was 10 rows up. We had, we had NLL wired the ref because the, the refs were right on the scene. They ran over to check on Nick and, yeah. you know, my, mics were hot on NLL oh, wired and he man. was screaming in agony. I've never heard a, a scream like that. Bone chill. I can still, I can still hear it shivering down my spine. And, you know, I thought night of the broadcast, I'm like career ender, career ender, a guy his age, like he's, he's done. And that was kind of what almost the doctors were saying after the injury. Um, but he fought back, and a couple weeks later, it was better news, and then better news, and better news, and and now here he is with an with an extended off season, ready to go. And that was the first game he played oh, man. for the Vancouver Warriors. The only thing on the stat sheet was that that injury for Nick Bealich yeah, that night. So yeah. you think he's pissed off and hungry? Uh, he's he's absolutely ready to go. He's got the heart and soul of a warrior, and I know that they're happy to have him and, and see him on and what the Warriors' defense could look like. Let's not forget Brett Mitski's joining this club next year. Yeah. Still haven't seen him. Um, Nick Bealich, Matt Beers, like those guys are, and Garrett McIntosh. You got oh. some grizzled veterans back there now. Uh, it's gonna be scary, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I like inject me with some Serbian tiger blood anytime because those guys. I don't know if they make make it tougher than than those guys like it's no a, him and ills like Ilya guys playing at the world championships last year for serbia come off like, the floor i need to come off the floor for 60 minutes and then phones pat Coyle and says hey i want to try out i'm ready for the nll again and uh i don't know how many games he actually got in for colorado this year if he got into any but they, they gave him a shot they brought him to camp and you know, and they don't, they don't make them like Ilya Geich and, and Nick Bealy. No, they sure don't. He got the moj there at the, the radio station as well. Hey, I mean, listen, like Nick Bealy, Reed Bowering, 
Brett Mitski, Garrett Mack, you put that into your backhand. Like, that that could be your starting short man there just injected right into your lineup with uh, with some real high-end talent. So uh, all the best to Nicky and, and his recovery. Keep it going, brother. And I know, you know, his brother losing his life was, was a big part of Nick's motivation to come back and honor him with, with another year of lacrosse. So, uh, keep it going, Nick. Uh, we're all pulling for you, and I know Rush Nation is as well. XLL update, Brad. Uh, season was supposed to get going actually this week. Of course, Dr. Bonnie Henry putting some restrictions down. And and we kind of looked at it, the committee and I, myself did, and thought, like, with the way that the wording was, we we probably could have pushed the envelope and, and got things going and, and run the risk, but we thought with the way the numbers are going, this wouldn't be a prudent, wise decision. So we've pushed things back, given the Christmas break. Hopefully things settle down a little bit by then. The goal now is to get things up and going for the new year, January 6th, have a 10-week season, and hopefully make it a, a safe environment for everybody. So I, you know, it was my suggestion that if we're if we're getting into like gray area and technicalities on on making this thing go, then let's err on the side of caution and safety and and give everybody a few more weeks to to turn this uh, curve around, if you will. Well done, Kamish. Way to stay nimble. Way to adjust on the fly and stay strategic and get the boys playing some lacrosse. I know yeah. one of the rules here in the Lower Mainland right now. I live in what's called the the Fraser Health region. I am not allowed to cross the Fraser River into the greater Vancouver mm. region. And that like, was part I, of the decision, right? I don't know how exactly. many players so none are of your, none out. Of your, yeah. Well, none of your Ladner, Surrey, Langley guys could technically travel to, to Coquitlam. Yeah. So like that, that's, that's what the rule we're under right now. And, and I don't know if your league would survive without the Ladner, Surrey, Langley. <laughs> I don't know if it would. Either. It might not survive them with them, Brad. It might not survive with them. That's a double-edged sword right there as well. Um, speaking of that, uh, I might as well get a shameless plug in here. Um, with all those new restrictions and updates from, from the BC Health Authority, it is now mandatory to wear a mask in any kind of outside business, whether you're grocery shopping, drugstores, wherever, restaurants. So if you need a mask, uh, me and my friends at Extreme Threads have uh, kind of joined forces here a little bit. And if, uh, if your team, your company, your school... What have you, if you need a, a fully customizable and adjustable mask, uh, these things are great. You can tighten, loosen, you can put your company logo, your name, your number, whatever you want on it. Uh, get in contact with me and I will set you up with that. We are nearing the end of Native American History Month, Brad, and uh, I know I've learned quite a bit this month. I've really turn my attention to this uh, more so than any other time in my life to, to kind of learn more about Native American history. And part of that was uh, the interview that uh, just got posted up from the Players' Summit between Deputy Commissioner Jessica Berman and Lyle LT4 Thompson. And this thing is about 50 minutes long between Jessica and Lyle. And I've seen a couple extra. I haven't digested the, the whole thing yet, but I can't wait to do it. So... Uh, I highly recommend, I'll retweet this uh, if I haven't already. I believe I have. It'll be on the Lax Class account as well. But this interview between Lyle and Jessica is one that I think everybody should watch because you're going to learn more than just one thing about what it means to be a Native American. That is Quick Sticks brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com, promo code LAXCLASS20. 
And now we'll get to quarter number four and our good friend Jim Else on the other side was something else here on episode 107 Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Bradley Cree of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Back on the Lax Glass Quarter 4, no more breaks. Uh, thank you to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support. Sean Ashworth and the gang down there in Coquitlam. Always on the cutting edge of labels and packages with the environment in mind. They are family-owned over there 40 years, I believe, down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. Uh, quality, ethics, and family-owned. Associated Labels and Packaging, best in the business. Need a label, need a package. AssociatedLP.com is where you find them. And they can provide you with just about anything that your company could need in regards to a label or package. So check them out, Associated Labels and Packages, right there. And in quarter four here, Brad Schellner, we like to do something called something else. Let's begin. All right, now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Let's try something else. Hey, Jake and Bradley. It's Jim Else here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. Sponsored by G. Wilson Construction. On to the show. Um, in a dark and dank windowless room in my home, uh, Mrs. Jim says the acoustics are good. Uh, I... Whatever she says, I believe. So here I am. I, I was going to talk about the uh, Excelsior's uh, issues regarding a transfer and move to Owen Sound uh, this week. I wasn't stunned. I don't know the story enough, but uh, a storied franchise that's allowed to just have the move uh, put on them like that. I see both sides. I see a, a, an owner who wants to shake things up, and I I see a fan base uh, that wasn't really supporting the team. I, I see that, uh, but it's a story storied franchise, been there for a long time, and I can't help but think that something else could have been done. The major series lacrosse should have been held more accountable. $1,500 sale price for that uh, for that franchise, if that's true, that was a, that's a joke. Someone else should have stepped in, uh, taken over, and uh, given good guardianship to, to, frankly, one of the pillars of the Ontario lacrosse community. I'm not going to talk about that, though. I'm going to talk about something else. Uh, I've been seeing recently uh, upstart camps uh, by pros NLL pros. Um, I see mostly in Canada. I'm, I'm not. I'm not down in Denver or or Rochester. I'm I'm seeing Canadian camps, and I see guys like Curtis Dixon and Dane Doby doing their driven lacrosse camps in the Lower Mainland uh, of British Columbia. Wow, what an exceptional opportunity for young lacrosse players to sign up and mingle with pros, get mentorship uh, and leadership advice from the best of the best, uh, reigning champions of the NLL with my Calgary Roughnecks if everybody remembers that. Uh, you go across uh, into Saskatchewan, you see Jeff Shatler doing his thing, running camps around Saskatchewan. Um, again, what a guy to learn from. A lot of fun. He's, he's a heck of a fun guy to hang around with. And those kids that are taking those camps uh, must be just having an unreal, uh, oh, every day must just be a blessing for them. 
go keep on going you get into ontario and you see things like the rock elite league with absolute beauties like uh, and cree and rose and edwards and uh, uh the rest of those guys running those leagues and uh coaching those teams and and uh, again what an opportunity for the young growing lacrosse player to take advantage of and then you go across over the ocean and you get uh, south africa trying to to do a little bit into the lacrosse world and chris bushy um uh, na- you know named to kind of head that up and, and that's pretty special uh, um, getting that country going with lacrosse that's a, a big challenge but uh, I think that kid might be up to it seeing the, the the now of lacrosse helping and mentoring the future of lacrosse is uh, warms you right down to the cockles um, that's it for this week of something else uh, thank you Jake and Bradley and uh, take care ciao good times there he is the Jimmer once again uh, he's got warm cockles brad warm cockles nothing better than warm cockles i must say uh and jim manscaped <laughs> yes manscaped warm cockles uh jimmer i i i had i gotta be honest here i gave him a little constructive criticism after this this editorial he he began off by saying i i'm not going to talk about the brampton owen sound situation and then went on to to talk talk about the Brampton Owens. So I said, don't, you know, general rule, don't say you're going to not talk about something and then actually talk about something. So uh, anyways, something else focusing on pro players and their their lacrosse camps and teaching the youth of uh, Canada and, and down the States, of course, the, the skills and the drills of lacrosse and referencing uh, the likes of Dane Doby and Curtis Dixon with Driven Lacrosse, Jeff Shatler with the Shatler Academy. Of course, you got the Rock Elite League there with uh, with all the pros from Toronto and their coaches of those youth teams as well. And uh, even Chris Bushy, I don't know if you saw this story, Brad, but uh, firing up lacrosse in South Africa. So this is what it's all about and, and lacrosse in and more so than any other sport i think the way that these guys give back and yeah they're they're making a couple of bucks doing it no question about it but you know so be it and, and good for them as far as i'm concerned uh the way that you know like man these opportunities when we were young kids brad were just not around to learn from guys like this at the highest level and in intimate settings and one-on-one co- like this was just not around and the kids today they got it made yeah they do and it's not even just the paid camps it's just look at cities like coquitlam and orangeville and peterborough and just look who the coaching staffs are of of even like uh novice teams yeah. you know josh sanderson was a novice coach i remember him coming out years ago when his son was seven or eight years old to the Jack Crosby tournament of Burnby. Here's this, here's this Orangeville novice team and their coaching staff is, is Josh Sanderson. Yeah. You look at what Kurt Malowski does, like, and that, that is the special thing about, about this game. It's not just the paid camps. It's guys who can coach and do that. And, you know, I will say Jumbo that even back in you're a few years older than me and, and Ladner never had senior A or pro guys when I was growing up, but like just having junior A guys come to my practices when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, or a senior B guy who we thought were yeah, Timmy winner or something like that. You know, yeah. that those guys come into our practices. That was a big deal, man. And like, you don't get that in, in, in hockey. You don't get that in, in football as much. You get that in lacrosse guys are so accessible and game. It's, we, we talk the lifers on the show all the time, guys that live and breathe lacrosse when they're not playing it, they're coaching it or they're on a podcast talking about it or they're writing about <laughs> yes. it or they're 
or they're thinking about it so for their next practice or their next play, what they want to try. They're at the box or honing on their craft, right? And it's it's special, man. It's special. And that's why towns like Aquitlam and US and Peterborough um, do so well. The coaches and the players come back and give Giving back. back, growing the game. That's what it's all. Let's not forget about that Warriors Academy as well. Mitch Jones and the boys getting it done. For Vancouver as well, and uh, good on them, all of you, for for helping just keep the sport moving forward. We need we need more. We need more. So that was something else. That was episode 107. Uh, a good one there. Big thanks to Josh Sanderson for coming by and our calls to the hall. CP Campbell, our stallion of the week. Something else. Quick sticks. Our sponsors, of course. Christmas, folks, help out Stampy Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and Manscaped. Uh, follow on social media at Brad Shell. I'm at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lacrosse Classified on Insta. It's at Lax Class on Twitter. We got an email address, Lacrosse Classified at Gmail. If you're not on social media but want to get a hold of one of us or the program, uh, feel free to do that. And I think that's it. Last thing I want to say, guys, is is be responsible. Wash your hands. Physical distance. Wear a mask, please. And uh, just be safe and be healthy. And, and let's get through this together. Okay. Uh, that is going to do it. Thanks for listening. For Brad Chellner, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified and Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.